0: My goodness is the happy ending tempting. That tidy one where any past mishaps are wrapped up with a bow. Where the broken pieces come together and it all has meaning. You know what we get here at the end of the book of Job. The world tells us that... A finale like this is possible if we reach, if we work hard, if we get really lucky. Or maybe that it's possible if we're blessed. And it sounds really lovely. At least initially. But when I hear this conclusion to the book of Job, I... I start to feel a little ill. The longer I sit with these final verses, the more the the corners of my eyes begin to prick. It seems to me that this happy ending is awfully thin and, and maybe cowardly in the way that it tries to paper over the complicated totality of a life. But the book of Job is not unusual. Our world celebrates and sells happy endings. They're showcased everywhere we look. There's there's just this one tiny issue that each of our lives at some point is turned upside down. Unfolding far beyond our control. Job lost, spouse took off, diagnosis handed over, loved one not okay. Lives swerve, sometimes break, all eventually end. It's no surprise then that that we might try to lift up the happy ending as this singular line to sum up an otherwise varied life. This is what I hear the narrator of the book of Job attempting today. Scholars are confident that this part of the story was tacked on, that it was added much later. And I, I I suspect it was... Add it in the hope of finishing it all up more neatly. Maybe to show that God is fair in the way that we understand fairness. Mostly, I I think this addition shows how challenging it is for us as humans to sit in the messiness of life alongside God. The ambiguity is deeply uncomfortable. We're not sure how to make sense of it. So we jump instead to the happy ending. If we look closely, though, and and weave our way through these lines of the so-called restored fortunes of Job, I think we're offered a real way forward. We saw... The beginnings of it last week as Job encountered God in the whirlwind. And I think we see it continue this week as Job steps into new life. He pushes forward even under the weight of this narrator who would have us believe that God has magically fixed everything. First, the storm. There, in the wind and the thunder and this wild movement, Job meets the enormity of God. The Creator comes to him, and an echo of the Spirit sweeping over the face of the deep. It's a humbling experience, and I imagine it's also one of wonder and beauty and majesty. But God doesn't tell Job that he's a fool, even though that's sometimes how this is spun. Instead, God points Job to the mystery, back to the intricacies of creation, to to the truth that this life of ours is rooted in a world so much older and more complex than we can possibly fathom. We are not our own but belong alongside all that is. God invites Job to to let go of the need for things to be tied up just so. God encourages him to sit with the questions, the definitively not knowing. But it doesn't sound to me like shaming. It sounds to me like God is trying to open Job up to the possibility of new life. And it's then, it's it's then with this great mystery hanging in the air that our narrator intervenes. He jumps in trying to make things all, all shiny and straightforward. God restores Job's fortune. And then some, right? There, there are so many cattle and donkeys and gold and new children. And did you hear how exceedingly beautiful they are? Ooh. I can almost see the narrator flapping for emphasis, trying to persuade us. And I suspect himself that this, this restored life makes up for the agony I hear him trying desperately to convince us that all that pain can be undone, erased, made right. But the narrator misses the point. He misses the mystery and the connection and the wonder that God just sang out from within that storm. In... In my mind's eye, I see Job shaking his head. I see how the lines on his face reveal how he is both kind and tired. As he listens to the narrator craft this happy ending. Job is weary because he knows that there is so much more to life much more than the narrator seems to grasp or trust. I imagine that if you sit down with Job there in his later days and ask him about his family, he will tell you. He will name his 20 children for you, each in turn first to last. He will tell you of his love for them tell you how he gives thanks to God for each of them, even as he longs for the ten who died in this maddening ordeal that is his life. Job sees his younger children growing and, and notices the traits they share with the siblings they will not meet. He quietly murmurs the names of his first children as he trails behind this gaggle of wonderfully healthy kids, cavorting as they do. Job breathes deeply, listening to the narrator's end to his story. It's not a matter of finding a replacement for the loss or a cure for the pain. That's not the path into new life that Job shows us. Instead, he gathers courage from the mystery and brings his heart into this final chapter. He listens to the storm, to the wind still blowing from the foundations of the cosmos. And he hears the possibility of really living again. God shows him how massive the world is, and Job sees that with God there is room for his immeasurable sorrow and also for his tremendous joy. He doesn't have to choose, no matter what this narrator says. Job can live the whole of his life. We have choices in how we live the endings to our stories. We have the ready option of trying to tie things up neatly, of leaning on the refrain of a happy ending. This way is well-worn. We know how to do it because we hear it trumpeted all the time. But friends, I don't think this is who we are as a church. There is too much missing from this way. There's too much of ourselves that it asks us to leave at the door. If we come together and follow Job's lead, I think what we will find is awesome mystery and deep joy. There may not be answers or easy fixes But I think we will see that healing does unfold, that new life does emerge. And we come to all that by bringing the fullness of our lives. The pain and the questions and the great longings and the unspeakable joys. Together we we carry with us all we have loved and love now. Trusting that this love is never as far off as we might fear. And together we step into that not knowing. Into the still unfolding. Into the whirlwind that has not quieted down. The mystery still resounds. The spirit is blowing new life into our world into each of our lives right now.